0: Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter eight, verses 40 through 56. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, I know that power has gone out from me." Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, "'Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace.'" While Jesus was still speaking, Someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother meanwhile all the people were wailing and mourning for her stop wailing jesus said she is not dead but asleep they laughed at him knowing that she was dead but he took her by the hand and said my child get up her spirit returned and at once she stood up then jesus told them to give her something to eat her parents were astonished but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Thank you, God, for your word. May it shine its power on us today.
1: Amen. Good morning, Faith Westwood. Good morning to all who are on site as well as those who are online today. We're glad that you are here. Now, at Faith Westwood, we're so excited to have some new programs and opportunities in our church. Faith Westwood has started selling script cards. Now, we have had those script teasers in our communications. And then last week, you may have noticed that there was a question and answer email that went out. Now, Connie Dominsky is our program coordinator for script. And at the first service, she had an opportunity to join me, but I just want to share a little bit more about this SCRIPT program. We believe that SCRIPT is going to benefit the church because it it provides a convenience for purchasing cards, those gift cards, for everyday purchases. And while you're doing that, you can also raise funds for the church. In fact, we will get from the sale of each and every card anywhere from 2% to 20%. So it's a great ongoing fundraiser for this church family. And what is the best way that you can get started? We want you to stop at the green table, the script table in between services. So you can do that next week. You can pick up some information, you can talk to Connie, but you can also go to the website. You can also on your mobile device add the Raise Right app. We have a special, unique uh, code for enrollment, and you can get involved. Now, Connie and I were sharing before the first service that through our purchases as we've been trying this out, Connie has already raised $55 for the church just from purchasing these everyday, ordinary things. And I have been able to raise $64 the church just by purchasing cards for the things that I would do anyway. I did some Valentine's Day gifts and also some fun date nights for Clint and I. So please check out the script table and we hope that you will try out script very soon. And please if you see Connie Dominski, thank her for her volunteer service for this program and helping come alongside of it. She's really excited and we're excited as well. Now, in this Lenten season, we are remembering stories where Jesus says the word go. We've already encountered those passages where Jesus conquers and forgives. Today, Jesus frees a woman from a disorder and invites her to go in peace. And then Jesus frees a child from the arms of death. We're also going to consider how Jesus has freed you from that which is binding you. So remember when Jesus says, go, people respond and lives are transformed. In that spirit, please join me in prayer. Almighty God, open our ears that we may hear your word. Open our eyes that we may see your glory in our midst. And open our hearts that we might know your spirit's presence with us in these moments. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. What inspires you? Of course, we're going to say that our faith inspires us. And yet, we realize that we tend to draw inspiration from everything around us from people, places, things, and even experiences. When I went to seminary, we were invited to think theologically, drawing inspiration from everyday, ordinary things, including music, movies, quotes, etc. And we were invi- invited to relate those things to our faith we remember that Jesus himself was in tune with nature and the culture around him, and he would draw from those experiences and items as he was teaching and preaching. With that being said today, I just felt inspired to add something to my introduction. When I woke up yesterday morning, I heard that a Jewish woman named Iris Apfel passed away at 102 years young. Now you might not immediately recognize that name, But if I described a woman who wore really big black-rimmed glasses, and she dressed very colorfully with a lot of accessories, it might spark a picture of her. Iris was born in Queens, New York. She was an accomplished American businesswoman, interior designer, fashion designer, and even an actress. She was known for her work ethic, for her boldness, for her charisma, as well as for her confidence. She referred to herself, and I love this, the world's oldest living teenager. And in an article, someone once said of Iris, she saw the world through a unique lens. Iris also had some amazing quotes that she left with us and the world. She said, get old, but don't get boring. You can never stop being bold and having fun. You don't find out who you are unless you work at it and get comfortable outside of your comfort zone. I especially like the last one. Now we know that the Gospel writers drew inspiration from several sources to tell the stories of Jesus Christ. It is believed that Mark was the very first Gospel that was written, followed by Matthew and Luke and later John was written. In terms of today's focus passage Luke drew inspiration from Mark's version of this story within a story. Now Luke was believed to be some kind of doctor or physician and so we know it had to give him great joy to tell these particular stories. As we reflect on our gospel passage today we hear of two people who were desperate for the healing grace of Jesus. And yes, these characters certainly did get comfortable outside of their comfort zones to experience what Jesus had to offer them. Now, preacher and theologian Fred Craddock says that these stories are joined as Jesus brings God's blessings to two persons who, while certainly within Judaism, are outside of because of ceremonial laws. So first, we meet the synagogue ruler, Jairus. He fell at Jesus' feet, begging for healing for his 12-year-old daughter. She was dying. He desperately wanted Jesus to go to his house. So I want you to imagine what it looked like for this Jewish synagogue ruler to do this. He was a prominent member of the community. And if his daughter was ill, she was unclean. And if he touched her... He was unclean. In fact, anyone who touched his dying daughter would have been ceremonially unclean. But we can imagine that that Jairus had tried everything that the medicine of his day provided. He could have sent a servant to go get Jesus. Yet his desperation is so great that he leaves his dying daughter and goes to beg healing from the one named Jesus who had been performing miracles throughout the region. Now, we don't have their conversation from Luke's perspective, yet Mark reminds us that Jairus pleaded earnestly with Jesus, saying, My little girl is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. This is very specific, isn't it? Now, we know that that Jesus could have just spoken one word declaring her healed. And yet Jesus goes with him. And as Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house, crowds pressed in around him. Within that crowd, though, there was a woman. She had been bleeding for 12 years. Yes, it's very interesting that the Gospels reveal the fact that the woman who had been bleeding for the dying child's entire life, 12 years. Can you imagine? And because of this bleeding disorder, she too was ceremonially unclean. She could not touch her husband. She could not bear children. She could not do household chores. She could not ever enter into the temple to fulfill her religious duties. We are told that this woman exhausted every opportunity to find healing. She was desperate physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Imagine how that desperation led her into that crowd of people, pushing her way closer to the one named Jesus, who had been performing miracles throughout the region. Mark's Gospel reveals how she thought to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She inched herself closer and closer to Jesus. But again, remember that crowd was pressing in on her too. She had no choice but to reach out and to touch the edge of Jesus' garment. And when she touched Jesus, her bleeding stopped immediately. Now, if she could have just slipped away into the crowd in those moments, it would have been so easy and so perfect for her. And then she heard three words, Jesus saying, Who touched me. I can imagine that everyone who was in earshot was just looking at each other with such a puzzled look on their faces, shrugging their shoulders and denying that they had touched him. Peter states the obvious, master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. I imagine Peter wanted to say something like, really, Jesus? There's so many people around you right now. How can you dare ask the question, who touched me? But maybe it surprises us, too, when we hear Jesus say these words, Who touched me? Jesus has already demonstrated that he knows things. He knew exactly what the teachers of the law were thinking in last week's gospel passage. And now Jesus knows that someone touched him in his or her desperation because he felt it. He actually felt the power leaving his body. And when the woman realized that she could not go unnoticed, she fell at the feet of Jesus trembling. In Luke's version of the story, we learn that she explained to Jesus in the presence of all of the people why she did what she did and the result of it. She was healed. Jesus didn't question her any further, did he? And he did not berate her. He simply tells her that her faith has healed her and now she could go in peace. She could go in peace knowing that her bleeding disorder was completely healed. She could go in peace knowing that her relationship with her husband and her family could be restored. She could go in peace knowing that she was now clean. She was able to reunite with her faith community and those religious practices that meant something to her. And she could go in peace knowing that Jesus frees people like her from the things that bind them. Now, while it doesn't seem like this healing interruption took too long, we can imagine that it was an eternity for the desperate Jairus. While this was happening, someone actually came to find him to tell him that his daughter had died, that he shouldn't even bother the teacher anymore. He left her bedside to go and to find Jesus. And now it was Jesus who reassures him by saying, don't be afraid, just believe and she will be healed. Imagine what it took for for Jairus to have that kind of desperate faith to believe. Imagine what it took for, for Jesus to address the mourning and wailing outside of the house to say, stop wailing, she is not dead, but asleep. And then imagine listening to the people laugh at him because they simply did not believe him. The Gospels are detailed and they're specific to remind us that it was just the child's father and mother, Jesus, Peter, John and James, that inner circle of disciples who were in the room when Jesus then took the child's hand and said, My child, get up. And the gospel reveals to us very beautifully that her spirit returned to her body and she stood up. And what does Jesus do next? He instructed them to give her something to eat and then tells them not to tell anyone what had happened. This is truly a miracle that we know was held in confidence until the gospel stories were written down and shared. The Greek physician Hippocrates said, and I quote, healing is a matter of time, but it is sometimes also a matter of opportunity. Again, Our main characters in these stories were not supposed to be in the presence of Jesus or in the presence of those crowds. According to Jewish law and tradition, they were unclean. They were disobeying purity laws that were to to protect the people around them. But N.T. Wright says that Jesus recognizes the pollution of sickness and death, but it is the power of his love that turns that pollution into wholeness and hope. Jesus Christ was not afraid to get his hands dirty with the problems of the world. For those with great faith who are willing to step outside of their comfort zones, Jesus is willing to come alongside them with the words, Don't be afraid. Just believe and go in peace. And Jesus frees them from that which was binding them. Not just their fears and doubts, but literally freeing an unnamed 12 year old child from death and an unnamed woman from a 12 year old condition. Now today I've chosen to use the word desperate for both of these healing and freeing stories. I've chosen to repeat that word often because I think that it is the right word to describe what we believe that Jairus and the woman were feeling in those moments. What about you? Are you feeling desperate? (laughs) Because you and I face things in our lives that we can only rely on God's grace to get us through. You and I also face fears and doubts. We face the pollution of this world. We face those things that are taboo to talk about, let alone to deal with. And some of those things are binding you. Certainly today we know that there are so many people who are desperate in their battles and in their struggles, in need of healing of the body, mind, and spirit. So this day we might especially think about those who are facing medical issues like diabetes, heart conditions and heart disease, cancer, Parkinson's, dementia and Alzheimer's, addictions, mental health disorders, complications with COVID-19. We might also remember those who are facing financial woes, relationship challenges, and even spiritual insecurities. Those who are mad, those who are sad, and those who are just confused. And I wonder, can we admit right now that we are facing one of the most anxious and desperate seasons in our nation and in our world? There are so many difficult conversations about politics in our nation. There are also ongoing violent wars in our world. People here, people there, people everywhere are desperately in need of peace. They are in need of justice and they are also in need of hope. So what about you? Are you in need of Jesus to free you from that which binds you? I want you to imagine reaching out and touching just the edge of his garment. Imagine crying out and asking for exactly what you need. Either way, the healing and freeing power of Jesus Christ is still available to us right here, right now. And how do I know? Because the Gospels reveal to us repeatedly that Jesus knows people's needs, sometimes even before they are aware of it. Back to our opening, you know, Iris Apfel once said, color can raise the dead. (laughs) Well, Iris, only Jesus can really do that. But we can certainly appreciate her reminders to believe in oneself, to reach out with boldness, and to see the world through a unique lens. Our gospel characters were not afraid to do just that. And Jesus frees a woman from her illness and a child from death. Remember always that when Jesus says, go, people respond and lives are transformed forever. So here for yourself and for those that you love this day, don't be afraid. Just believe. Go in peace. Amen.